Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got a boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome back into B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby from Oregon. Hi, I'm Bonnie from Oklahoma. Welcome back, Bonnie. All right, Bonnie, let's jump right into it. From one girl to a next, let's talk Hurricane Florence. Um, It was a Category 3. It was a major hurricane, and then it Mm -hmm. came ashore uh, last Thursday, so a week ago, and it came ashore, I believe it's a Category 1, and we knew coming in that maybe the wind wasn't going to be the true story but rain and storm surge most likely were and man they were right they nailed it rain really was the big story initially it still continues to be but storm surge was also huge so um i know you were watching from afar give me your uh your analysis of what you saw with hurricane florence well you know it wasn't category-wise as strong as they thought it would be and the winds weren't like you said but it just felt like it just it kept raining and kept raining for days and days and days and tornado watches were issued uh so much you know i know they had a few very large tornadoes very scary looking tornadoes touch down over there so that was pretty interesting that that was part of that um i saw lots of radar loops online that likened it to Harvey, the way it just kind of sat there and spun mm-hmm. over the same area for a while. So, you know, it definitely dropped some serious rain, and that's the big story over there is the Carolinas are underwater right now. That's true. You mentioned tornadoes. Uh, the NWS East region has confirmed 16 tornadoes. Um, I didn't get into how big any of them were, but like you said, there were a couple that, <laughs> that looked pretty serious. So I'm sure when they get the, you know, the final – uh, damage assessment. They'll put the rankings on it. I just don't have that in front of me. But you mentioned the rain. Um, Hurricane Florence went through, and it did set two new state rainfall records. Um, let's talk about South or North Carolina first. Uh, Elizabethtown. The record now is 35.93 inches of rain. That is the new state record for North Carolina. It surpasses Hurricane Floyd from 1999 with 24.06 inches. So Bonnie. Um, you know, 35 inches of rain in roughly, what, a four- to five-day period, that's a lot of water. It is a lot of water, and it's, I think it's a lot of water they're not used to getting in the first place. So, you know, it's just got to be ridiculous over there. And I haven't seen much video or pictures, um, so I don't know. Uh, I, you know, I can't even imagine what they're going through. I know I saw some video of them shutting highways down and making both sides one direction to get out of town and that that was really scary for me like could you imagine them shutting highways down so that it could be outbound both sides of the highway that just sounds intense you know it it really doesn't i I know it's i I hate to say standard protocol but it kind of is in certain areas of our country where they are going to shut down a freeway and make it a one way to get all the evacuees out but when you do that and then now you have flooding on top of it and you're having to close the same freeway and basically say you can't drive on it because there's too much water they don't know now what's underneath the water um we've all seen the pictures where you know they have the the saying, turn around, don't drown, and for good reason, because you might be driving down a road that's water-covered, and you don't understand that 10 yards or 100 yards in front of you, the road is washed out, 
you don't see that because the water is on top of it or still swiftly running over it. So, you know, it's a lot of water. Uh, I want to say Mike Bettis from the Weather Channel said some areas, and I want to say Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, was expected to get somewhere in the neighborhood of their entire yearly rainfall in the span of three or four days. Jeez. Which is just, <laughs> it, 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 it's just so much. And, you know, speaking of South Carolina, uh, just outside the town of Loris, which I believe is close to the North Carolina border, um, they set their new state fall rainfall record at 23.63 inches of rain, which surpassed Tropical Storm Burrow with 17.45. But it, it's just the amount of water is is insane. And Bonnie, we're now a week removed, and we're still seeing rivers rise. We're still seeing massive amounts of flooding. This isn't going to be something that's going to be over in a week or two. This is definitely now looking like it's going to be a long-term thing, weeks, months, maybe even a year or two down the road until everything is back to pre-storm condition. Definitely. And, I mean, it's obvious because people in Houston are still picking up the final pieces after Harvey. So it's definitely, like, it, it's not something that's fixed overnight, especially with that much water. The soil saturated, the rivers are full. Like, there's nowhere for that water to go. So it'll just take time for some to evaporate and then some to flow back out into the ocean. But it's, you know, it's definitely not a snap your fingers and back to normal kind of thing. You know, you mentioned Hurricane Harvey, and that rainfall record is, is now the... the torchbearer or the standard bearer for um you know most rain in a system and last year they had 60.58 inches 60.58 inches of water fall around the houston area and we all saw the devastating flood of that it was just absolutely insane um but florence wasn't the only record-setting rainfall storm this year hurricane lane which we had talked about previously has now set the new record for rainfall with a tropical storm in Hawaii, officially at 52.02 inches of, of rain. That fell at 1,600 feet elevation on the Big Island. Um, so, again, a lot of rain, a lot of rain. Now, I know that there have been reports that there was a private citizen that has his own rain gauge that measured somewhere about 58.8 inches. Um, it's not verified, so they're going to stick with the 52.2 or 02 record um, for Hurricane Lane. But, man, Bonnie, just the amount of rain just between these two storms, you know, you do the math, that's almost 90 inches of rain. Like, I can't even, like, picture that in my mind, you know, like if that was in a container, you know, so sure. it's just like... I, mean, I don't know how they're doing it. And then especially on that little island. Like, how is it still an island? Like, you know, how is it not <laughs> right. washed away? Right. Um, you know, the thing that people kind of get criticized, whether people especially trying to explain the amount of rain, the way that you measure rainfall as set by the National Weather Service is you take a flat parcel of land, one acre in size, and you, you know, put that amount of water on top of it. So say you get an inch of water. So you have an inch of standing water over the entire acre you get a foot of water that is now one foot two feet three feet four feet of water is 48 inches right Mm -hmm. so you're looking at 60 inches is five uh 72 is six and you just look and you're like oh my gosh you know you look at all the amount of water and sitting there at 72 inches of rain you're you know it's it's over most people's heads 
Yeah. You know, and we talked about the storm surge that was going to be coming in um, with Florence. And, you know, we had talked, I had talked last week about the cool technology the Weather Channel was using where you kind of got the sense of, okay, how much is three feet? How much is six feet? How much is nine feet? Guys, anything over six feet, everything's underwater. Yeah. You're going to have stuff that sticks out like homes and businesses, but most cars are either floating or completely submerged. Most humans' heads are not above six feet. So just the amount of rain that fell is just absolutely astronomical. And, you know, I know our hearts and prayers are with the people back in North Carolina and South Carolina and even down into Texas that are dealing with flooding. But, man, it's just the amount of water, it it really is tough to kind of comprehend because you just have to, you basically have to see it or experience to understand what they're going through. Exactly. And that that Weather Channel video that you're talking about, that virtual reality video they put together really helped, but you still can't fully grasp that until you're standing in it or trying to get away from it before it, you know, gets you. So it's... We only have so much of an idea without actually experiencing it. And I can't even imagine. So, yes, definitely our hearts are in the Carolinas right now and Hawaii. Absolutely. And you had talked about and we had talked about, you know, the measurement of rainfall here. And that kind of transitions to the next segment. The importance of having people, you know, know what they're looking for in weather. We've talked about storm spotters. We've talked about, you know, amateur meteorologists and professionals that are out in the field doing storm assessment surveys and stuff like that. But. The record for North Carolina in Elizabethtown was taken by a Coco Ross member. So these guys are the rain co-op. So it's made up of several hundred members across the United States. It's probably now, you know, into the thousands of people that record rainfall and report it back to their National Weather Service offices and the Coco Ross network. So, you know, I want to take a second and just talk about the importance of being that citizen spotter because it really is important. And we're seeing this, especially with storm surge with wind reports, obviously with the rain reports now, and verification of tornadoes. You know, 16 confirmed tornadoes were um, were spawned because of Florence, mostly in these outer bands that have a lot of rotation and shear with them anyways. So you might get a radar-indicated tornado, but unless you have a ground truth or somebody that can actually say, yes, I see a tornado on the ground, or yes, I see a funnel cloud dropping out of the supercell, you know, you usually don't know. So the fact that people are interested in the weather is so important. And I know you know this, especially being in Oklahoma. Everybody back there knows what to look for. Everybody back there seems to have their own weather station. So, you know, when you, when you look at all this, all this information that's out there, it's really great because citizens really are helping out, you know, forecasters, researchers, and the like. Well, and it's, it's because a weather balloon and radar can't cover every square inch of the land and the atmosphere. And so that's why it's nice to have people interested scattered throughout to look. And you're right. We here in Oklahoma and other states surrounding know what to look for. You know, we, we basically don't need meteorologists. I'm kidding. We do, but we all feel like we are one because we've been around it so long. So I can't imagine what people on the East coast who aren't as used to it know what to look for. And then, those tornadoes came out of a hurricane. So those people who are still around and near a hurricane to confirm that there's a tornado there on the ground is just, you know, crazy and awesome and appreciated. <clears throat> Absolutely. You know, one of the cool um, things that I've gotten to look at as being a member of the media is the NWS chat. 
So this is the inner office chat system that offices use to talk to each other. And then emergency managers and members of the media use to talk to the National Weather Service in real time to get information. Uh-huh. You can share pictures, do all this stuff. Going back and looking at it, it's great because you'll see, you know, County Sheriff Joe reports a tornado on the ground. Okay, well, I don't know, is County Sheriff Joe a legitimate weather spotter? No, but because he knows what to look for, he's going to report it. So, again, I, I really believe that, you know, people understanding the weather, people being fascinated by it, and people willing to, you know, put a rain gauge in their yard and or put an anemometer in their yard around their house and report significant weather. It's really, really important because it does help create better forecasts. It does help with warnings. It helps with people understanding what's going to affect their area. Exactly. And, you know, we need more of them. And the Weather Service is always doing online spotter training. And it's it's, it's quick. It's free. And, you know, it, it gives you the basics. So, I mean, I've done it. Right. I have two. And I go if I don't go once a year, I try and either go twice a year for spring and winter. Um, mm-hmm. It's a little bit different. I mean, my my climate up here in Oregon is just a tad different than yours during the winter in Oklahoma. But I mean, it's still it's great. It's great practice. And and another thing, it's a chance to connect with other people that, you know, share your passion. So it is a good thing if you are interested in becoming a National Weather Service spotter, reach out to your local office, call them. They will be more than happy to help you. They'll give you a spotter number. Um, I know here in Oregon they give you a rain gauge, um, a cool magnet to put in on your fridge, and a couple little handly booklets that you know you can kind of learn what to look for. And I will tell you, there have been times where I've been out driving around and I've seen something, and I was like, oh, I wonder if that's you know what I think it is. Sure enough, um, you know it's a rotating. Uh, wall cloud or it's you know maybe a, a funnel cloud or a cold core funnel and i n- see it i know what to look for because i've gone through the train to the phone call the national weather service boom they're thankful so you know it's just it's one of those cool things but if you are interested again call your local national weather service office they will be more than willing to help you help you out sign you up and um, it's a good thing so bonnie you're back with us you're uh, in oklahoma city um I know you guys don't have storms in the immediate Oklahoma City area. I did see some storms up into Nebraska and down in the Texas Panhandle. What are you guys looking at weather-wise for the next couple of days? Well, we've spent this week getting hot again. Um, the fair is in town, um, so we have been over here. It's been hot. It's been humid, a little bit windy, high clouds in the sky and whatever. But that is all about to change starting tonight and tomorrow. We have serious, serious rain chances. Last night, they issued a flash flood watch for tomorrow and Saturday. So we're expecting three to five inches of rain here around central Oklahoma. So for them to issue that flash flood watch two days in advance, pretty confident in the forecast, you know. Um, But the fair's in town, so this is right on par with that. It always rains at the fair. This is the last weekend of the fair, so Mother Nature is like, hey, got to wash it out. So that's what we're doing. Um, Next week... We're supposed to have a serious front come through. We're going to have lows in the 30s and 40s, which I'm really excited for. So, you know, bring on the fall. We are ready for that. Do you have your Uggs, Infinity Scarf, and Pumpkin Spice Latte ready to go? (laughs) Okay. I do have my furry boots. They're not Uggs, but they are furry boots. And my (laughs) leggings, no Pumpkin Spice Latte. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Is this the state fair or is this the county fair? This is the Great State Fair of Oklahoma. That is fantastic. Ours is, Oregon State Fair is usually the first week of September. 
Um, and it's the culmination of all the other county fairs, and you know they kind of come together for their big rah rah. Um, here in Oregon, it's been chilly at night. Um, we've kind of jumped into fall. Uh, highs in the lower 60s. Haven't had a whole lot of rain. Um, we've had a couple of days in the past where a couple showers went through. Um, today it's bright blue sunshine. Temperatures will probably top out in the lower 70s. Uh, we will have a cold front move through tomorrow, bringing showers for Friday and Saturday. And then the weather models are doing a complete 180 degree reversal. We're going to be back in the mid to upper 80s next week. Uh, and it looks like a 6 to 10 day stretch where we're going to be way above average. Uh, summer's making a little valiant push to return and I love it. I love late summer and early fall when it's hot here in Oregon. It's beautiful. The leaves are starting to change. It, they get confused. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot of fun cause I can get a couple more rounds of golf in before, um, I have to move over into the winter mindset. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm over summer and summer's hanging on right now. We're, we're a little bit over 90 today and there's some humidity going on. So I'm, I'm done. Right. Uh, Bring so, all. I am ready. Uh, summer, get out of here. I'm over it. Uh, have you been to any Oklahoma football games yet? Uh, yes, I went to um, Oklahoma and UCLA and that was a really, really nice game. It was a noon game. Uh, but it was nice and cloudy the whole day with a nice mist through the whole entire game. So it was really nice awesome. because that was the very beginning of September. And so it could very easily have been, you know, 2000 degrees outside. So <laughs> it was nice. And we had good seats. We were on the third row from the field at like the 40 yard line right behind the OU football team. So, I mean, we were like living large, sitting pretty at that game. Yeah, I was going to say, how did you get such good tickets? Well, my friend has got an aunt who had some season tickets, and she gave uh, them to us. It was kind of a condolences type of a thing, gotcha. and so that's cool. It was nice to get out of the house and do that. Sure, absolutely. Uh, I have not made it to the University of Oregon a football game yet. I've watched all of them on TV and listened to most of them on radio. Uh, I will hopefully make a game here in the near future. But working weekends does not necessarily mean I get to travel for football yet. That will be hopefully changing here in the not-too-distant future. But, Bonnie, I'm glad to have you back with us here on B-Squared. Um, next week we will have to talk about you know what's going on with your guys' weather if you actually did cool down. Um, and how much we I, actually I like heat that up. if we actually did because you never know. <laughs> right. I mean, the way the way the models have been treating us the last couple of weeks, um, anything outside of three days is pretty much a giant question mark. True. Very true. Well, I am Bobby from Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And this has been another edition of B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. We will chat with you next week. Bye, guys.